This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Federal Risk Authorization Management Program, good old FedRAMP, is one of those initiatives that agencies, contractors, and lawmakers love to hate. Knowing that, though, the FedRAMP Program Management Office is also the envy of many other federal programs for its ability to listen, learn, and evolve. In his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, executive editor Jason Miller writes about FedRAMP's latest evolution, and that was sparked by last summer's ideation challenge. Jason joins me now with more on this. And just a quick reminder, there might be two or three people that aren't sure exactly what FedRAMP is, Jason. So let's start there. Very good, Tom. It's the Cloud Security Program. It really sets standards across the government. So every agency at least starts at a, if you were a floor, hey, the, this cloud service we're buying, whether it's infrastructure or platform or software as a service, meets a, 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 at least a baseline set of standards. It's been ongoing for, for roughly about seven or eight years now. It, it is one of those programs that people go, I understand why we need it, but what can it be better? Can it cost less? Can it go quicker? You know, there's a lot of people who go kind of wring their hands out over it, knowing that both they love it, but they also hate it. And, uh, you know, it gets a lot of attention on Capitol Hill. Congressman Jerry Connolly has been one of the most vocal people who said, we have to fix FedRAMP, even though FedRAMP has been ultimately very successful. So he, this is part of, of the, the evolution and the ideation challenge you mentioned is 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 a step of by them to say, hey, we need to continue to evolve. We need to continue to get better. Yeah, I think FedRAMP suffers from the fact that it was slow to get up to speed early on and somehow never got over that reputation, even though it has moved a great deal in recent years. So this latest evolution, what are they doing now in the program office? They launched something in the last couple of weeks called the Agency Liaison Program. Now, this is something that is, is you know, doesn't sound all that revolutionary, doesn't say, oh, wow, look, look what they've done. But what's important here is they heard from the ideation challenges, this FedRAMP program office, that they need to be better about communicating. They need to bring people together to understand how the reciprocity model works and how, you know, if, if HHS approves one vendor, why can't another agency take what HHS did and just, you know, trust but verify? Why do they have to go through the entire process themselves? So what this agency liaison program is trying to do is create a train-the-trainer model for liaisons, share knowledge and, and resources about authorizations and how the process works. They want to build a community to really, as they say, enhance the collaboration, knowledge sharing. And so far, 30 agencies are, have agreed to participate, and, and, and most of these are security practitioners. So these are the people at the ground level, the chief information security officer, officers and the information security officers who are really leading these efforts to get these cloud services approved and to trust those cloud services to say we can put our data and our applications in the cloud. Yeah, that's one of the problems, I think, is that uh, from the FedRAMP standpoint is they would certify something, it would get its authorization, and yet people would still want to run the same service by the same supplier through their own security program, which really defeated the whole point of FedRAMP from the agency's standpoint. Or the other side of it is that every every vendor wanted to go through the Joint Authorization Board, the JAB, which is led by GSA, DHS, and DOD, and the JAB could only do so many authorizations per year, and that created a bottleneck, and that created more frustration, because once you got through the JAB, then you're good government-wide, but if you, again, just going back to our example, if HHS approved one agency, one vendor, it doesn't mean every other agency had that same approval, but what FedRAMP is trying to do is get people to say is, let's trust each other, and by creating this agency liaison program, this community of, of interest 
you know, and, and of, of information security officers, then we can push forward this idea of reciprocity a little more quickly. And there's also the other piece of this, Tom, that's really interesting is the feedback. They want to hear also from these chief information security officers and the like about what is working and what's not to, again, improve the program, which is a common theme. I mean, if, if, you, if, if the even the people who are the most ardent haters of FedRAMP have to admit that they have always listened and moved and tried to improve. And, and that's the one thing, whether I've talked to Matt Goodrich, who led the program for a number of years, or, Nash, or now Ashley Mahan, who's been the FedRAMP director for several years now, they've always said, They've always been very open about, okay, we know we're not perfect, so how can we get better? You tell us, and then I'll listen and, and then implement as much as I can. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. And as what you just described, that's another example of what FedRAMP is evolving and how it's changing in, in its relations to the other agencies. What we've seen over the years is FedRAMP really taking a – okay, today is good, how can tomorrow be better? And you've seen this, for instance, Tom, with FedRAMP tailored and FedRAMP ex- accelerated these two processes to really focus in on the, on the troubled areas to make them better. Okay, listen, if you need a cloud service at the you know the highest security level, that may take longer. But what about the really ones at the lowest? What if we just want to put our website up that really doesn't hold any data? And yes, website defacing would be bad, but with some security, how can we push that you know quicker out the door? And I, I think that's been the sign that you know, FedRAMP has really taken on. And what we've seen, Tom, and this is interesting statistics, this is from Ashley Mahan, the FedRAMP director. In all of 2019, the, the program authorized 45 new products. Now, as of June 2020, so here we are about six months into, about, about eight months into the new year, uh, fiscal 2020, 47 new products have already been authorized. So they've already exceeded last year's total, and there's still three more months left of the year. So I think they're, they're really using the collaboration with agencies, using the collaboration with industry to really improve their their efforts. Other areas they're looking at, more automation. How do you automate the authorization process? Again, to make it mo- go more quickly. How, how do you ensure that there are learning opportunities, as they say, in the FedRAMP community? And one of the ways they've, they've started to do that was really put out some documents and some what they call uh, you know best practices guide for small businesses to get FedRAMP certified. Um, and, and I think all of that is, is helpful because they've heard the call of, hey, you need to be better. Hey, this goes too slowly or this costs too much. So they're really trying to address a lot of the, the shortcomings with real initiatives. All right, moving on to another topic in the reporter's notebook. It's been a while since we've had a new word added to the popular lexicon. So Agile and DevSecOps, those methodologies for software development, there's something else we need to be familiar with now, too. And I give credit on this one to Chris Carnes, who's a former uh, Presidential Innovation Fellow, co-founder of 18F over at GSA, and now one of the partners at Skylight Digital. He termed this Agile Fall. Now, this is the in-between place where you're not quite agile in the software development world, but you're still, but you're definitely moved out of waterfall, but not fully out of waterfall methodology, which is the hated approach to, to project program development that agencies have been trying to move away from for the you know, better part of the last 15 years or so. And he terms this agile fall, meaning you've kind of one foot in agile, but one foot in waterfall still, and you, you're trying to make the crossover. And one example of this is solicitations he sees too often where the agency calls for agile development, but then they still say, well, but you have to have a year-long plan in your Microsoft project, you know, uh, uh, set up. Or you have to have, you know, we're worried about schedule and cost variations of 5 or 10%. And we're worried about configuration management plans. And everything is kind of screaming the old waterfall approach, yet they say, no, but we're agile. 
and I think, Tom, this, this actually came from this idea, this concept came from this idea that a lot of agencies, you can't go to a conference and hear an agency not talk about Agile. So what makes it real? What shows that they're really doing more than just giving it lip service? And, and in fact, I was at a recent FCA Bethesda webinar, you know, virtual that you moderated and that you did a wonderful job at, of course. And uh, they, the three agencies actually talked about their success with Agile. And I thought that, that kind of sparked my interest of where are we, where have we been, where are we heading? And, and, and I thought Chris really kind of summed it up well, where there's a lot of agencies that are in this in-between world. Well, I think that's a good point, because in many cases, the Agile originators are sort of orthodox. And if you don't quite conform to all of the Agile methodology manifesto bullet points, then you're not quite there. And I think what we've seen now is people can get good software done with hybrid approaches and adaptation. And that's the one point that uh, Chris Carnes actually mentioned is this idea that you know, if you're looking at six-month sprints, that's not quite agile. So it's not just the process that you put in there, but it's this m- mindset. It's this approach. It's this idea of, okay, who are the users? How are we serving them? How are we moving forward? And one thing that he said he's even changed about is the importance of metrics and how to ensure that the metrics that you're using show that you actually have made the move to agile. Uh, for instance, he talks about, you know, high-performing agencies that deploy code frequently, that they have a low change error rate, automated testing, and user satisfaction is just some of those metrics that he looks at and sees as more important now than ever. Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. My pleasure, Tom. Be sure to check out his notebook now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. Moms are amazing at tracking down hard-to-find items. Library books, socks, you name it. But sometimes help is welcomed. Care.com makes it easy to find babysitters near you. Sitters with the experience and skills your family needs, like after-school pickup and homework help. You just post a job for qualified sitters to apply. And since all Care.com caregivers are background checked, you can feel confident about interviewing and hiring. To get the child care help you need, sign up now at Care.com. This episode is sponsored in part by U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card. You're the boss of your own life, but are you the boss of your own finances? Here at the Jordan Harbinger Show, we don't shy away from real-life conversations, and of course, one of the most taboo topics is always finances. U.S. Bank offers a wide range of credit cards for a wide variety of financial needs, and one of its most useful cards is the U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card. With a low introductory APR for 20 billing cycles, this card is a tool for getting ahead. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is a savvy financial tool for large purchases, unexpected expenses, and balance transfers. And with the ability to customize your payment date, this card gives you control over your financial future. Apply now at usbank.com slash platinum. With the U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card, have peace of mind for all your financial needs. To see if you qualify, visit usbank.com slash platinum. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply.